From stretch marks to self-love, Talking Out Loud explores it all. Tune in to season two for real, raw relationship stories and advice. I'm your host, Danae Mercer, and I'm happy you're here. Welcome back, guys. Joining me today, we have TikToker, influencer, self-love advocate, Clara Guillaume. She has almost 700,000 followers over on TikTok. These teens have swarmed to her to hear her message about self-love, bodies, and more recently, about dating herself. So, Clara, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Now, I've followed you on TikTok for ages, and I would say you were one of the first who really stepped into that body acceptance space on the platform. So why don't you talk to me a bit about your body image journey? Because you've, you've opened up over there, and I, I think it's pretty powerful. Yeah, of course. Um, I would say that my... My body image journey really started um, really young at like 13 or 14. I spent a lot of time on this um, website called Tumblr. And Tumblr was um, this really toxic space at times. There was a lot of pro-anorexia content, just really, really horrible content that someone that age should never be exposed to. And that's kind of when I started um, developing an eating disorder and developing all of these body image issues that would plague me for years to come. And it wasn't until I was in college, actually, that I started realizing I can't live the rest of my life like this. Like, I, I just knew I couldn't live the rest of my life in such a dark place and in such a place of self-hatred. And so I really started working um, to accept myself, to nourish my body physically and, you know, in other ways. And, um, that's kind of when I started stepping into that space of, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight this. I'm gonna try the best I can to love my body. And in the past few years, I have just worked so hard, you know, whether it be affirmations every day or being careful of what I consume on social media and following positive role models like yourself. Um, I've kind of just worked really hard and now I feel like I'm finally at a place where I'm both, you know, physically and mentally really healthy. Will you tell me a bit about like, what did your, your kind of disordered eating journey, what, what did that look like? And when did you realize, okay, something's not right here? Was it extreme restricting? Talk to me about that. If you're, yes, if you're comfortable. Of course. Um, so my, my journey really started with extreme restricting and in ways it started um, kind of a little bit more like sneakily. It started out with obsession over uh, veganism and raw food diets. And it, it really wasn't, it, it didn't start off as like, oh, I want to get really, really small. It started off as just kind of this obsession with having control over what I put into my body. And I almost got this like high, this this adrenaline rush from knowing that there were certain things I couldn't eat. Um, as it progressed, it became more competitive, competitive within my own friends, within the internet, within myself. And that's when I started getting more obsessive over the number on the scale. And it wasn't, it was never about how I really looked. It was more so about just getting that number down. It was like a competition, you know, and eventually it, it got you know, it turned in other directions. It turned in the direction of laxative abuse, you know? So I would, I would go all week. I would go Monday to Saturday, barely eating a thing. And if I did eat, it would be like raw carrots. And then 
I would have Sunday and on Sundays I would just binge like crazy and then abuse laxatives. So that came with its own stomach issues. You know, I, I got into college and I remember this might be too graphic, so feel free to edit this out, but I got into college and I remember I was a freshman and I had communal bathrooms and I had a roommate. And one day I was like, oh man, I haven't used the bathroom in so long. It's been like a week and a half. And my roommate was like, wait a minute. Like, you know that that is so unhealthy and so not normal. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, I go every day. And I guess since I had been restricting and binging and abusing laxatives for so long, I didn't realize until that moment that my body was just completely, completely messed up, like in every way possible. And it wasn't until I was in college and I started getting um, really bad infections all the time. Like I was getting strep throat, like just literally every month I was getting these crazy fevers. And I ended up in the hospital once just really sick with this sinus infection. And that's kind of when I started being like, all right, the people who are living with me, the people who I'm dating, they're not getting sick like this, you know? Um, And that's when I started realizing that my eating habits were having this really serious consequence, not only on how I was feeling on a daily basis, like being really cold all the time or, you know, having all these problems with sleeping, but really having a consequence on my health that could eventually, you know, lead to dying. It's so... I mean, I resonated with so much of that and I got, I got, I just wanted to like go back in in time and give, you know, college Clara a cuddle because I've I've been in that dark place and I know how awful it can be. And honestly, for me, Tumblr really escalated my eating disorder because it was really possible to go down a a very dark hole where you were surrounded by equally as, as, you know, ill individuals. Yes. how did you start to heal yourself? I, so throughout my eating disorder, I always, I always had therapists for other issues. So while I was struggling with my eating disorder, I was actually struggling with a lot of other issues that were being prioritized by my family, by my therapists. Um, I was struggling with self-harm. I was struggling with drug use. And so that had always almost been on the back burner, right? Because People saw how I looked, which is never really a reflection of your health anyway, but people saw how I looked and they just assumed since I had started eating that way since I was like 13, they assumed that I just had like this really fast metabolism or whatever. And I was able to deny it and hide it so well. I had therapists, you know, that would kind of pry and be like, Claire, I've noticed that you only wear really large clothing. What's that about? And I would just kind of be like, I like it. It's trendy. Um, It wasn't until I was in college and I had a therapist and she wasn't even trying to pry at all. She was just trying to be like, okay, um, let's talk about, you know, how you take care of your body. How much water do you drink every day? And I responded and I was like, oh, I actually cannot stand drinking water. Like I, I try, but I have a really hard time with it. It makes me feel so sick. So I really, I might drink like, you know, a cup or two a day. And my therapist was like, do you have an eating disorder? And I was like, excuse me? (laughs) And she was like, I mean, that's just something so common to hear from people with eating disorders. And I was like, and I just almost like broke down, you know, I was like, wow, like I I couldn't even hide this one, you know? And so once she kind of 
called me out for that and, you know, gave me all these pamphlets and all this stuff. I started my um, healing journey by myself. And I think that that's something that a lot of my followers on social media um, and just people in general don't realize is that while I have gone to hospitals and gone through intense treatment for other mental health issues, I never, I never went to somewhere specifically for my eating disorder. I did it all completely on my own. Um, and a big part of that for me was actually my psychiatrist had ended up putting me on some anti-anxiety medicine and I was finding that it was helping a lot with being able to eat. So I was taking it really just one step at a time. Um, and once I got my anxiety kind of under control, it was easier for me to eat little by little. Um, and eventually it kind of just led to the point where I kind of, I kind of gained the weight before I gained the self-love, if that makes sense. Like I, my body healed before my mind healed. That totally, totally makes sense. I think my body got back into a sort of healthy balance long before my mind was in that place of being like, not having the guilt, not having the control, not having the stress. Yes. But, but now you've gone to the next step where I, I watch your TikToks and TikTok is a platform that's just full of teens. And I see the help and the guidance that you are giving them. So when did you start your TikTok and why did you focus on such, I would say a very vulnerable thing? Yeah. So I, I kind of just had my TikTok account and was just posting random stuff, you know, just like having fun with it. Um, and then I would occasionally post things about, you know, my eating disorder recovery and just very, very, you know, spread out though. Like I really wasn't focusing on that. And then one day I was going through my free page and I saw this video where this girl was basically doing uh, what I eat in a day. And it was just so unhealthy, just not enough food. And everybody was like really excited about it. And I, I saw what I remember seeing in Tumblr and it literally shattered my heart because I've never been at a point where I was like, okay, I'm an adult now. I'm an adult and I'm watching these kids be, you know, on this platform where they're encouraging this kind of behavior. And so I remember I made one video about it where I was like, please stop doing this. Like, please, I I'm sorry if you're struggling, but you cannot put that information on this app, especially not an app for kids. And I just, it was so heartbreaking. And I got all these comments, the video ended up going viral. And I got all these comments from these girls. And one girl was like, I'm 13. And I'm already struggling. I want to starve myself like all this horrible stuff. And I responded to that comment with its own video. And was like, do you guys see why you cannot post stuff like this, basically, and the comments were flooded by teenagers just saying, oh my God, like this app has completely ruined my body image. Like I am struggling. I think I'm developing an eating disorder. And at that moment, I mean, I remember I was in tears. And at that moment, I just remembered thinking, this is my responsibility now. It, it, it really, I don't have a choice. Even if I, even if I didn't want to do this, which I obviously do, like I don't have a choice because it doesn't seem like enough people are doing it here. And 
I'm an adult and I have always wanted to protect younger generations and protect those kids. And this was just the way that I knew I could do it. And I see, I see how you take on some of the trends and TikTok has, I mean, it's, it's a trend led platform. There's like a new trend every day, but a lot of those trends are about either hating your body or how thin and how curvy is your body. And I see you taking those trends and always pulling it back to a place of, guys, you don't need to shame yourself or guys, you do not have to, like, bodies come in all shapes and sizes. What what are some of the most common concerns or comments that you hear from the teens? The teens. <laughs> this shows I'm 34. This is, I've reached that point where I'm like, do you hear from the youths? <laughs> yeah, I think that... Um, so, you know, in, in eating disorder, like culture, almost there's this, um, there's this notion of like body checking a lot. And I think that body checking, which I guess when someone has an eating disorder and they're body checking, just for anyone listening, they tend to, you know, look in the mirror, um, look and see, you know, if they can fit their fingers around their wrist, take pictures of their bodies looking certain ways as kind of just like making sure that they still look a certain way. And a lot of times that they look sick. And so I think that a lot of the trends on TikTok revolving around bodies are actually just like very sneaky body checks. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that, but, and maybe it's, it's a little too far of me to, to call it that, but a lot of these trends are literally just like, Hey, um, pull this shirt really tight around your waist and see how much of an hourglass shape you have. And it's kind of just like, it feels like everything is like a competition. Like all of these trends are really just a competition for everyone to compare, you know, how thin or how curvy or whatever it is they're looking for in that trend. Um, and so I just try to kind of bring, bring my followers or at least whoever's watching back to a place of, do you realize this is kind of toxic? You know, like just let's, let's take a step back here and realize that you don't have to have an hourglass shape to be beautiful. You don't have to have, uh, you know, just this certain shape or whatever it is they're doing at the time, because I swear there is a new body trend like every week. It's actually shocking. Oh, every week. I've seen them too, like from body trend around your nose to, yeah, that hourglass one to, oh gosh, they just don't stop. But I would say, I mean, whenever I get messages from teens and it, it happens, but probably not as frequently as you, they're so raw and in so much pain and it's, it's heavy, it's heavy to carry. So how do you balance your own mental health in that environment? Yeah, I, I know it's really hard sometimes because whether it's in the comments or just in my DMs, you know, there's some really, really sad stuff out there. And at the end of the day, I cannot possibly get to everyone. Like I really, I I could try and I could be at it all day, but I can't have a conversation with, you know, every single person that reaches out to me, which is horrible. You know, I wish I could, but I guess I try to, I try to remind myself that like what I am posting every day, whether it be on TikTok or Instagram, I'm doing my best and I'm doing my part in helping them. And I can't, I can't do, you know, like an individualized 
little session with every single person. I'm also not, you know, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a professional. And I, I try to remind people of that sometimes because I'm not going to save your life. I'm not going to magically fix your body image issues. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to try my best, but I can't put that kind of pressure on myself because I'm also a really, you know, vulnerable person in this kind of dynamic. Um, but you know, I just try to remind myself I'm doing what I can. If I see, if I see a message from someone that is, you know, urgent, that seems like a really urgent message, I will get to those and make sure that, um, they, you know, speak to their parents, you know, a lot of times I'll just be like, Hey, like, do you think that you could have this conversation with someone that you trust, a trusted adult in your life and get back to me and let me know how it went? And a lot of times, you know, they'll have that conversation with their parents or whoever it may be and come back to me and be like, wow, it went so well, you know, we're getting treatment. I'm starting therapy. And, and, you know, so I try my best, but I, I don't put that kind of pressure on myself. Well, I think you're doing an incredible job. And speaking of conversations and opening conversations, Lately, you've launched a Dating Myself series on TikTok. Talk to me about yes. that. <laughs> so, okay. So um, part of the reason why I started that series is obviously for self-love. And, you know, I feel like everybody, the way I kind of described it is everybody takes the time to date people in their lives, whether it's romantically or platonically, you know, just for a friendship or whatever. You know, you take your time to, to spend time doing a lot of times fun things with that person outside of like a home setting to see if you guys get along well and to see if you want that person in your life and to see if you, you know, can grow love for that person. And I was just in the car one day and I was like, why does no one do that with themselves? Because no one seems to just kind of take themselves out and do stuff by themselves because it's almost like, embarrassing, I guess. A lot of my followers have put it that way. You know, it's embarrassing to go out to a restaurant by yourself. And so I, I was really anxious about doing it. I have uh, a decent amount of anxiety around being alone in public, but I knew that if I could do it, then maybe it could encourage some other people to do it, or at least to encourage other people to treat themselves like they would treat somebody that they're getting to know. And so I kind of just, I take myself on dates around town by myself. A lot of times people might be looking, sometimes it's just in my head, but I have a great time. And I think that an unintended consequence of it, or I guess positive consequence of it, is that I've grown to be a lot more independent um, because I do, I live with my partner. And so a lot of times, you know, you're, you're going to the grocery store, you're going to do this random thing and I'll just be like, Hey, do you want to come with me? Because, you know, we're humans. We like doing things with other people. So this has kind of pushed me in the direction of being okay on my own and really just growing that independence, which has been amazing. What's one example of like the most interesting date with yourself that you've done? Okay, so my favorite date that I did with myself is I actually went to one of those smash rooms um, where it was super weird there. Like it was like in a storage unit and I went and they basically put me in this room where they have all of this, like all these appliances and all of these like things made out of glass and they have like baseball bats, golf clubs, you know, anything you can imagine. And they blast whatever music you want. I picked Taylor Swift. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> but they blast whatever music you want and they just, you know, let you go at it and you can just break everything. And 
when I'm telling you, I went in there, I was so nervous. I had all this gear on, you know, to protect myself from getting hurt. And I was like, you know, just kind of lightly dropping a couple cups and like, Ooh, like that feels nice. And then by the end of it, I was just like smashing things against the wall. And I was almost shaking from adrenaline. I was just, it was so cathartic. It was really cathartic. And I thought that was the most impactful one that I've done for myself personally. And how would you say, I mean, you mentioned it's, it's made you a little bit more independent. Has it like, do you feel like it's changed you in any other ways or you've learned things about yourself? Yeah, 100%. I think that, well, apart from just being more comfortable by myself, especially in public with people that may be watching or whatever, it's made me just appreciate my own company more. I feel like now I, if there's something that I want to do and like, you know, none of my friends or something like that, like they don't want to come with me, like it doesn't really like make me sad anymore. Like now I'm just kind of like, okay, I'll go do it by myself. I'm going to have a great time. And, you know, a lot of times people ask me like, well, what do you do on these self dates? Do you just sit there on your phone? And like, like, what do you do? And sometimes I'll literally just like sit there and just like stare and like think, and just like essentially like have conversations in my own head. And I really think it has changed me for the better and made me just appreciate myself more and almost treat myself and my own thoughts like as valuable as I would treat somebody else's input, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%. My second ever episode for this podcast, I actually had on a, a licensed psychologist. And one of the things she kept saying is that so many of us do not tune in to our own voices anymore. We, we don't take that time where we're alone for 10 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, just listening to what's inside of us. And that, I mean, I think you have now found that the perfect way to do that with a, probably a nice meal or some candles thrown in. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree with that. I mean, it totally makes sense, right? Like for me personally, I feel like for so long, I actually shut down my own voice because it was so negative at times that I just kind of suppressed it and was like, all right, I'm not listening to myself anymore. But when you stop listening to yourself, you stop listening to the positive things you have to say too. So I really don't think that's the answer. So yeah, that's great. Well, amazing. All right, Clara, if you had one piece of advice for people listening, what would it be? I think that my one piece of advice right now would be to be really, really careful and attentive to what you are consuming on a daily basis. Because I think that a lot of people underestimate the impact of what your Instagram feed or your TV show or anything like that can have on you as a person. Um, And I know that when I was especially a teenager, the TV shows I was watching and the social media I was consuming really did change me completely. And so I always try to tell people whether it's, you know, people who are already adults or people who are younger, just be really, really careful and make sure that what you're consuming is what you want to reflect as a person. That's such beautiful and powerful advice. And I agree with it 1000%. All right. I am aware of timing. So why don't you tell us where can we find you if we want to have a another chat or just watch some of your incredible videos? Yes, my at is at Clara and herself. And that's my name on TikTok and Instagram. And I would love to have you guys visit. Thank you so much, Clara. And thank you everyone for tuning in. Remember to click subscribe. We'll have another episode up next week. Talk to you soon.